ladies, gentlemen, boys, girls, everybody, anybody around the world, welcome to the Phenomenal Fan Podcast, episode 51. 51. Unbelievable episode for you guys today. The NFL regular season is over. Playoff seating is here. We have matchups. And before we even spend time diving into those, we have to go over what unfolded during the Week 18 games in the NFL. Absolutely crazy. Two games Saturday, the rest of the games on Sunday. Finishing with a great game, starting with a great... It was, it was unbelievable all the way around. Hot takes to drop for you guys because I've took down a bunch of notes while I was watching football this weekend, and I want to get into it. I want to dive in, and I want to talk about it. That's what we love doing on the show. We love talking sports. We love talking football. This is going to be pretty much a strictly NFL-only episode. Probably going to be putting another one out after the College Football National Championship between TCU and Georgia next week. But in the meantime, hopefully you guys enjoy episode 51 of Phenomenal Fan Podcast, and let's get into it. The Phenomenal Fan Podcast, a podcast by the fan for the fan. episode what an episode for you guys we have today we're gonna get into it we're gonna get fired up we're gonna drop some hot takes some cold takes just a lot of notes and a lot of different things that i wrote down this weekend when i was watching the nfl a lot of different things that i wrote down because so much unfolded over the course of seven hours minus the saturday games and we'll start off with the saturday games specifically okay the first game on saturday afternoon the chiefs played the raiders in vegas and they beat them 31-3 the chiefs lock up the number one seed there is potential for the chiefs to end up playing the bills in the afc championship game and if that happens that game would be played at a neutral site i'm kind of rooting for that because those are probably the two best teams in the afc but i'd like to see the Bengals in the postseason picture as well or at least in the championship picture as well. The NFL playoff bracket is set, and again, we will get into it, okay? But before we do, we're talking these games. Chase beat the Raiders 31-3. to Mahomes didn't play particularly well, but they got the job done. The Raiders had Jared Stidham at quarterback, and the Chiefs got the job done. Jack, or I almost said Jackson Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is undoubtedly the best quarterback in the NFL. And there really isn't an argument anybody can make otherwise that says he's not. But realistically, especially considering what's going on this season with the Chiefs, considering the defense, considering his head coach, and considering all other factors, I don't see Patrick Mahomes coming out with more than one extra Let me say this. I don't see Patrick Mahomes finishing his career with more than two Super Bowls. He already has one and potentially could pull out another one at some point. But when I look at the rest of the NFL and I look at the teams that are in the postseason bracket and I look at 
the defensive metrics, and I look at the Chiefs, who have the worst red zone defense in the NFL. They have the worst offense on third and one. Those two things by themselves for me are an indication of what the Chiefs are. They're a big play team with a really good quarterback who makes things happen. And yes, their red zone offense is very good, and they execute crazy plays on offense in the red zone and at the goal line. But if you have a team with the worst red zone defense, or in Patrick Mahomes' case for a lot of his career, has had a defense on the other side of the ball that just gives up a ton of points and doesn't necessarily step up when the time is right. He's had so many different opportunities, so many weapons, and so many chances to essentially waltz his way through the AFC side of the bracket and get into a Super Bowl against, I'm sure, a worthy opponent at some point. And this year, it's very, very possible that the Chiefs can find themselves in the Super Bowl again. But if the Chiefs match up with the Buffalo Bills in the AFC Championship, or they match up with the Cincinnati Bengals in the AFC Championship, or they match up with the Philadelphia Eagles in the Super Bowl, or the San Francisco 49ers in the Super Bowl, any of those matchups, I would have the Chiefs losing those games. Because all those other teams play defense at a high level. They aren't necessarily all dependent or one-dimensional on one specific player. And in a lot of those cases, all those other teams that could beat the Chiefs at one point in the playoffs could probably have a lot of success without a superstar quarterback. And you see that happening in situations like San Francisco, where they're so well-rounded in other parts of the field that they... They don't need a superstar quarterback. If the Chiefs lost Patrick Mahomes, they would turn into a 4-13 and 13 team. Overnight. Now, that says a lot about Patrick Mahomes because he's a great quarterback. But realistically, I don't see the Chiefs or Mahomes winning the Super Bowl this year. And I think just strictly on how good Patrick Mahomes is, and depending on the year and the situation and the bracket and everything else, I don't think Mahomes will win more than one more Super Bowl in the rest of his career. I just don't think it'll happen. I watched them play. They, they were fine against the Raiders. Uh, but if they play a team that's a little bit more, round, more well-rounded, having seen how the Chiefs perform this year and where their success comes from, I don't see them getting very far. But they are the number one seed in the AFC, and we'll see what happens with that. The Saturday night game was uh, a thriller in certain aspects, low scoring. Jacksonville taking on the Tennessee Titans. The winner of that game would... The winner of that game won the AFC South, and the Jags outlasted the Titans 20-16. to The Jacksonville Jaguars have had a massive turnaround. Absolutely massive turnaround. Okay? A lot of the people are going to put the credit on the defense. A lot of the people are going to give credit to Trevor Lawrence. A couple of takeaways from Jacksonville Jaguars making the playoffs. Number one, I think Trevor Lawrence is still really far away from that elite-level quarterback category that a lot of people have just thrown him into already. Guys like Colin Cowherd, guys like Colin Cowherd have crowned Trevor Lawrence already. And I can see how you could do that in some areas because he's always been a high quarterback prospect. He performed really well at Clemson. He was a number one pick. All those things make sense. But when I watch Trevor Lawrence play, he's missing a lot of wide-open throws, a lot. His numbers aren't great. 
And I can understand how that could be a thing, right? When you have a subpar offensive line and you're going into a team that generally speaking has not had a lot of success. But when I watched the Jaguars win games and I watched them beat the Titans, there was no part of that game where I was like, you know what? That was Trevor Lawrence right there. He single-handedly led that touchdown drive. He single-handedly led them to that victory. That didn't happen at any point in that game. All the credit for the Jacksonville Jaguars and the guy, the guy I think that deserves more credit than almost anybody in the NFL is Doug Peterson, the head coach of the Jags. He takes a team like the Jags and wins the division in his first year. Was it his first year? Let me see. Doug Peterson. Let's just go Wikipedia. I guess that's the best way to do it. As a coach. We don't want to see his playing career. Come on. Coaching career. He was hired on February 4th, 2022. So there you go. Doug Peterson comes in on his first year with Jacksonville and takes a team Two years ago, that was one and fifteen. Last year, they were three and fourteen, and now they're nine and eight. You pick up six wins and you win a division in one year. How about when he was with the Eagles, and they had Carson Wentz playing for part of the year, and then Nick Foles? Where are those two guys at in the NFL right now? Carson Wentz is a garbage can, borderline starting quarterback in the NFL on bad teams. Nick Foles is a backup and going to be a career backup quarterback for the rest of his career. And Doug Peterson, as the head coach for the Eagles, led them to a Super Bowl victory over the New England Patriots. Doug Peterson should win coach of the year in the NFL, undisputed in my opinion. Taking a team like Jacksonville from a worthless team to a playoff team in his first year. That deserves so much more credit than people are giving him. It's like Nobody's talking about it. Doug Peterson is an unbelievable head coach. Unbelievable. And if he sustains this and Jacksonville makes the playoffs a few more times while he's there, dude, this guy's got to be starting to climb his ranks in the NFL coaching. He's got to start climbing the ranks of potentially all-time great NFL coaches. He's got the Super Bowl ring. He's gone to different areas. He's faced different levels of adversity, and he's literally just overcome all of it and won Super Bowls. Doug Peterson, incredible coach. Jags are in the playoffs. Good for them. Okay? Moving on to Sunday. And this is a game that we can touch on first, I guess you could say. And before I do that, I want to make sure that, that all these stats and everything else are basically correct. Because hmm. I guess we'll do the Broncos and the Chargers first. I have them listed because I have a Broncos I have the Broncos selected as one of my favorite teams on ESPN, so they pop up they list first in the list of scores even though they played in the afternoon. The Broncos beat the Chargers. 31 to 28 in Denver doesn't mean anything for the Broncos in week 18. The chargers go to Denver with absolutely nothing to gain and everything to lose. And you'd think 
in a situation where even if they blow out the Broncos or everything goes perfectly, it doesn't do anything for them when it comes to the seeding in the NFL playoffs. It doesn't do shit. They could have won and all the other teams in front of them could have lost and it wouldn't have meant anything. So a normal person, a logical person, would have taken a step back and said, why would any of our starters participate at any point in this game? Maybe the first drive on both sides, offense and defense. And then at that point, just take a seat. We don't need them to play. And then guess, guess what happens? Chargers star, with C, uh, Chargers star receiver, red zone target, matchup nightmare, Mike Williams gets hurt after dealing with lingering injuries all year long. There is no reason for him to be on the field at any point in that game. Chargers star pass rusher, Joey Bosa, who's fresh off an injury, is playing in this game. Why? What are the Chargers doing? What are they doing? Brandon Staley, what are you doing? Now the Chargers have to play at Jacksonville in the first round of the playoffs without Mike Williams, without Joey Bosa. Yeah, they're really talented. Yeah, they have a lot of good players. But realistically, the Jags could easily win that game. And let's say the Chargers do beat the Jags. Then they go to Kansas City. And you're probably going to have a really hard time in that matchup anyways. But without Mike Williams and Joey Bosa or a really banged up Mike Williams and a really banged up Joey Bosa, they have no chance against Kansas City. The Chargers playing their starters against the Broncos in a game where they can, in a game, let me say this, the Chargers playing their starters in a game against the Broncos in week 18 where they stand to gain absolutely nothing, win or lose. Putting your starters out there for the extent that they did, in my opinion, is a fireable offense for the head coach of the Chargers. In this case, it's Brandon Staley. I, there's nothing that anybody can tell me that can justify having Austin Eckler on the field just taking shots. Mike Williams getting hurt. Keenan Allen at any point getting tackled. That guy's injury prone as it is. Justin Herbert's been dealing with an injury all year. Broken ribs. What are you doing, Brandon Staley? Just handing away your season. It's over. Their season's over. Okay, cool. They'd be Jacksonville next round. Maybe who knows? It's going to be a close game. You're not going to be Kansas City. You would have had a small sliver of hope against Kansas City if you had a fresh Mike Williams and a fresh Joey Bosa. Now you don't have either of those things. You're done. Chargers are done. And Brandon Staley should be on the hot seat. I don't think he's going to be. I don't think he's going to get fired because he's led his team to the postseason and everything else. Horrible. Horrible. Horrible decision. I, I, I can't believe it. Mind-boggling for me. The first game of this late on Sunday was the Falcons and the Bucks. Falcons at home against Tampa Bay take him down 30 to 17. 
yeah, you know, the Bucks are were also in a situation where they didn't stand to gain anything. The, the game didn't mean anything for the Bucks, and they lost to the Falcons. In my opinion, the NFL has to consider switching the playoff seeding and qualifications because winning a division at eight and nine and hosting a home game against a team that's five, six, seven games above 500 is a travesty. The Bucks were a borderline playoff team this year. They were a, the Bucks were a very close borderline playoff team in the NFL. And to go eight and nine, and first of all, win your division is a joke. It's a joke in itself. Number two, to be able to host a playoff game against a team that's four or five games better than you record-wise, that should not happen at any level in any professional sport. That's not how it works. I understand how divisions work. I understand if you win your division, you should be rewarded for that. And I agree to some extent. But if you put the Bucks in any other division, they don't win it. And on top of that, you have another team in the NFC, in the Detroit Lions, who went 9-8, and eight, played their tails off, beat a bunch of really good teams, who, in my opinion, would be 10 times more entertaining to watch in the postseason than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think it's an absolute joke that the Bucs are in the playoffs to begin with, let alone hosting a playoff game. That is brutal. The NFL has to switch their seating. If they're going to put seven teams in the postseason, put your seven best teams based on record. Let the tiebreakers play out as they may throughout the season with division record or conference record or all those different things head-to-head. And if that happened, the Bucs wouldn't be anywhere near the playoffs this year. They don't deserve to be hosting a playoff game. I don't know how that happens. Next up on the list, the Bills and the Pats. The Bills beat the Patriots 35-23. to Opening kickoff for this game. Patriots kick it away to the Buffalo Bills. Naheem Hines for the Bills returns it all the way to... Returns it coast to coast for an opening kickoff touchdown. If anybody was watching that and anybody saw that highlight and doubted for one second that there isn't some sort of... That was... It wasn't a coincidence that that happened. That's just all I'll say. And then, by the way, he went on later in the game to do it again, so we returned two kickoffs for touchdowns. The last time the Bills had a kickoff return for a touchdown was three years and three months ago. Mar Hamlin or number three. Anybody who sits back and tells you that's just a coincidence, they're wrong. The Bills were destined to win not only today, but I think the Bills, with everything considered, have, of course, the team what, that it takes on the field to win a Super Bowl, but now they have that little bit extra. Now they have that, that spark and motivation that some other teams don't have. I'm not saying they're just going to run the table and kill everybody and win the Super Bowl. But if I'm a team in the playoffs right now, I don't want any part of the Buffalo Bills. I don't want any part of it. 
scary, dangerous. Scary, scary, dangerous, scary. Up next, Vikings and Bears. Vikings beat the Bears 29 to 13. Bears didn't play any of their guys. Bears lost, by the way. And in the later parts of the schedule, or later in that day, playing the game at the same time, Colts beat the Texans. So the Colts were 4-12-1. The Texans finished. No, I'm sorry. I said the Colts beat the Texans. The Texans beat the Colts. The Texans finish at, well, let's say, Indianapolis. The Colts finish at 4-12-1. The Texans finish at 3-13-1. And I mentioned the Vikings and the Bears. The Bears finish at 3 and 14, which clinches them the number one pick in the NFL draft. I don't know what the Bears are going to do with that pick, and I don't really care at the moment because they're not going to take a quarterback, so that means, I don't know, it's going to be a lot of different things up in the air. Vikings get into the postseason. They're going to host a playoff game next week against the New York Giants. I think that'll be a really good football game. I think the Vikings have potential to lose that game. I think the Vikings could very, very easily lose to the Giants. All things considered. The Vikings have a historically bad defense. The Giants offense is okay. The Giants defense is good. And the Vikings, when they can't score points, that those games get ugly. Ugly quick. The Bengals played the Ravens today. Beat them 27 to 16. The Bengals are the number three seed in the NFL playoffs, and they immediately rematch the Ravens next week after having beaten, beaten them. The Bengals, if they win, will play the winner of the Bills and the Dolphins. Like we just talked about with the Bills, it's more than likely going to be the Buffalo Bills. The Bengals, where they sit in the postseason right now, where the Bengals sit in the postseason, have an opportunity to play the Bills in the second round on the road. If they beat the Bills in the second round, they will win the Super Bowl. Mark my words right now. If the Bills, I'm sorry, if the Bengals... The Bengals beat the Ravens and play Buffalo on the road. They will win the Super Bowl if they beat the Bills. The Bengals have that thing that a lot of other teams don't have, and it's swag, it's unwavering confidence, confidence in your quarterback, and it's timely defensive play. It's not the defense isn't absolutely dominant. It's not shut down. It's not all those different things. Their defense steps up when they need to. If the Bengals face the Bills in the second round after beating the Ravens in the first round and they beat the Bills in Buffalo in the second round, they will run the table and they will win the Super Bowl. There's no doubt in my mind. Because after that, you're, gonna, you're either going to play the Chiefs on the road. Guess what they just did last year? Beat them to go to the Super Bowl. Or you're going to play any combination of the Chargers or Jags. That'll be at home. And they'll win that game. So if the Bengals 
get to the second round and play the Bills on the road and beat them, they will win the Super Bowl after that. 100% guaranteed. Talked about the Texans and the Colts. That game's an absolute, uh, that game was and is and just an absolute snooze fest. Panthers played the Saints, beat them 10 to 7. It doesn't mean anything for me. Steelers played the Browns. Steelers put up 28. Kenny Pickett looks okay. Kenny Pickett looks okay. He developed a lot this year and got a lot of opportunities to fail, which I think actually ended up helping him in the grand scheme of things. The Giants and the Eagles played today. Sorry. Hold on one second. Wanted to make sure I got the stats right, and computer froze for a second, if I'm being honest with you. Eagles beat the Giants 22-16. to The Eagles didn't look great in Week 18. And the Giants kept it close with a third-string quarterback. And the Eagles played their dudes. The Eagles are the number one seed in the NFC, and my God, do they need it more than anything. Jalen Hurts needs that extra week of rest, and they get home field advantage until it gets to the Super Bowl. The Philadelphia home field advantage on the NFC side of the bracket might be the best of all the teams in the NFC. They get to play the Cowboys or the Bucks in the second round. They will beat whoever they play, and that will take them straight into the NFC Championship against my pick would be San Francisco. But if it's any other combination of the Seahawks, the Vikings, or the Giants, they'll beat either one of those teams. The Eagles, with the extra week off, the number one seed and home field advantage throughout the postseason, have the easiest path to the Super Bowl. And that doesn't mean they're they're that doesn't mean that the NFC side of the bracket is just a cakewalk. It's not. But the Eagles are arguably the most well-rounded team in the NFL. Getting an extra week of rest, Jalen Hurts is going to be healthy. I would be shocked if the Eagles didn't get to the Super Bowl. I would be shocked. Based on everything that they've given themselves with a bye and home field advantage. I'd be shocked. Forty ers played the Cardinals. Forty ers beat them thirty-eight to thirteen. Cardinals didn't play anybody. Forty ers get the number two seed, and they're playing Seattle next week. That happened because the Seahawks beat the Rams in a thrilling overtime win, nineteen to sixteen. They beat the Rams, set themselves up for an opportunity to get into the postseason, pending a loss to the by the Packers to the Detroit Lions. Lions beat the Packers 20 to 16 on Sunday night football. And everybody's storyline in this game was Aaron Rodgers and the Packers and home field advantage. And where's he going to go next? That's not the storyline for me at all. In fact, I could care less about Aaron Rodgers. This guy has caused so much angst off the field with everything that he's done and his, his wavering of retiring and going back to the Packers and all these different things. The storyline to me in that game is the Lions 
beating the Packers in the fashion that they did and finishing at nine and eight. The Lions are actually going to be a force next year, battling for a playoff spot. They should be in the playoffs at nine and eight. But because of the stupid NFL seeding, they're not. But the Lions can score tons of points. They have two, they have two Pro Bowl running backs. If they get a little bit of help on the outside with maybe a receiver or two, maybe a, a tight end that's reliable, and they step it up just a little bit on defense, you're looking at a 10 or 11 win Detroit Lions team next year. Easily. Dan Campbell's an unbelievable coach. They played inspired football all year long, started off in the trenches, and dug their way out. And I think the storyline of Sunday Night Football is the Lions are a force. Dan Campbell deserves a ton of credit. And if it's, if it's coach of the year at the NFL, it's between Dan Campbell and it's a, it's a two-way, it's a two-horse race. For, it's a two-horse race for NFL coach of the year between the Lions head coach, Dan Campbell, and the Jags head coach, Doug Peterson. Two guys that took two terrible franchises and turned them into playoff caliber teams almost overnight. The Lions deserve a ton of credit. The Lions beat the Packers. Seahawks get into the postseason. Good for the Hawks. That's a huge storyline, too, in the sense of the Hawks shouldn't have been anywhere near the postseason. They traded away Russell Wilson, and they are in the playoffs. They're 9-8. They're in the postseason. They're the seventh seed. Who knows what's going to happen next week at San Francisco. Tough matchup to draw in the first round. But good for the Seahawks. And more importantly, man, good for the Lions. It wasn't the last game of the day, but the last game we're going to talk about. Commanders and Cowboys. Commanders absolutely dominate the Cowboys in every aspect of the, of the game. The Cowboys offense scores six points. Dak Prescott looks like absolute dog shit. And the Cowboys now have to go on the road to Tampa Bay in the first round. They are favored. And even if they win that game, they're going to play the Eagles in the second round and get their teeth kicked in. At 12-5, and there is absolutely no doubt in my mind, that the Cowboys are probably the worst team in the history. No, this is true. The Cowboys are the worst team in the history of the NFL to win 12 games. They are the worst team in the NFL. All the metrics on the defensive side of the ball are very solid and reliable. The, the offense for the Cowboys isn't the worst I've ever seen. But the manner in which the Cowboys conduct themselves the manner in which Dak Prescott absolutely implodes anytime there's any sort of adversity. The Cowboys are so fraudulent. They're such... They're so overrated. The Cowboys are so, so, so overrated. I have the Cowboys losing in the first round to Tampa Bay. The Cowboys... Oh. They didn't play anybody good this year. And put up a decent fight. I know they blew out the Vikings. That was a bit of a fluke game. And that, those types of games happen in the NFL. They do. But if I was a Cowboys fan, if I was a Cowboys fan going into this postseason, I'd barely give these games the time of day. Knowing that if they don't lose in the first round, they're going to get destroyed in the second round. And every time that happens, you're going to hear about Jerry Jones. You're going to hear about Dak Prescott. Where did it go wrong for the Cowboys? What happened? They're 12 and 5. They're garbage. They are garbage. 
the Cowboys do not deserve a five seed. They're horrible. I cannot believe they finished at 12 and five. It's so embarrassing. It's so, oh, the Cowboys stink. They stink, 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 double stink, triple stink. They are, the Cowboys, oh man, they're bad. 26 to six to the Commanders and Sam Howell, third string quarterback for the Commanders. Come on, guys, come on. That wraps up the entirety of the NFL playoff or the uh, NFL week 18. The regular season is over. It's over. Okay. The NFL playoffs are set. I'm going to be making my picks for the entire bracket in the NFL playoffs on both sides, leading all the way to the Super Bowl matchup and the winner of the Super Bowl. In the AFC, the Chargers play the Jags. I think the Jacksonville Jaguars at home with the momentum, Chargers being complete idiots and playing all their dudes, are going to lose on the road to Jacksonville in the first round. Bengals are going to play the Ravens, and they're going to beat them by two or three touchdowns, and the Bengals will move on pretty easily. Buffalo plays the Dolphins. Two seed versus seven seed. Tua's health is questionable. Even if he's in, how effective is he going to be? Tyreek Hill's been limping a lot. The Bills are at home. They have all the momentum. The Bills will handle the Dolphins without an issue in the first round. The Jags will play the Chiefs in the second round on the side of the AFC. Uh, the, the Jags will play the Chiefs in the AFC side of the bracket. Jacksonville at Kansas City. Kansas City beats them by at least a touchdown. They're overmatched. Jacksonville doesn't have any playoff experience. They certainly don't have the defensive weapons to keep up with Patrick Mahomes and everybody else involved in Kansas City. Kansas City finds themselves in the AFC Championship. The Bills play the Bengals in Buffalo. This is going to be the best game of the postseason. It was the game that we unfortunately missed out on for terrible reasons, but thankfully DeMar Hamlin's doing a lot better. And this game is going to come down to who can run the ball more because neither of these teams necessarily rely on running the rock. The Bengals have Joe Mixon. The Bills have Devin Singletary and James Cook, but all, you know, a bunch of running backs that are super effective, but both of these teams are very reliant on quarterback play. I think the Bengals come in and give the Bills an incredible fight, but I think the Bills outlast the Bengals in an overtime, one-possession, three-point game, and it's an absolute thriller. I'm talking a 41-40 a to 40 type game, or a, uh, sorry, let's, let's see, let's get more specific. 41-38 um, to 38, Bills will beat the Bengals, and it'll be an absolute thriller of a game. Can't count out Joe Shiesty, but the Bills at home is tough to go up against. That would put the Bills in Kansas City in the AFC Championship in Kansas City at a, at a neutral site, at a neutral site. With the neutral site consideration, I think the Bills show up against Kansas City in the AFC Championship pretty much 
don't have an issue. They take a lead. Kansas City answers back quickly. But the Bills have a much more well-rounded team, despite all the issues that they have been dealing with, with injuries and, of course, DeMar Hamlin. But they're going to be playing incredibly inspired football. And the home field is not going to be as much of a factor because it will be at a neutral site. And because of that, the Bills will find themselves winning the AFC and in the Super Bowl on the AFC side of the bracket. On the NFC side of the bracket, the first game of the uh, the first game on the NFC side, the Seahawks and the 49ers. 49ers at home. Brock Purdy's been absolutely carving. 49ers are just stupid loaded on every part of the football. The Seahawks got in. It's a very admirable effort, but I think it's a 35 to 13. 49ers handle the Seahawks pretty easily. They advance the second round. And don't really run into a ton of issues against the Seahawks. It might be a, a bit of a closer game in the first parts of the of the first half, but then the 49ers just cruise, pick off Geno Smith a couple times, and that that'll be the end of it for the Seahawks. But the 49ers are the much better team in this matchup. The Vikings will play the Giants at home. The Vikings have a little bit of that magic this year. The one possession wins. The Giants ground and pound Daniel Jones. Saquon Barkley, stellar defense. I got the New York Giants beating the Minnesota Vikings in the first round of the postseason. The Vikings are very fraudulent. They have a terrible defense, horrible defense, arguably the worst in the NFL. And when they face an opposing defense that shuts them down and attacks them in the areas that they utilize the most, double teams Justin Jefferson, yeah, they have Hawkinson and Thielen and Dalvin Cook, but the Giants' run defense is amazing, so they're going to handle Dalvin Cook, at least keep him contained. And if they can contain Justin Jefferson to just around 100 yards, they'll win the game. They will win that game 26-20 to 20 over the Vikings. On Monday night, the Cowboys are going to play the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Cowboys are going to roll over and lay an egg Tom Brady is going to pull another rabbit out of his hat, somehow probably score 10 points through the entire first three quarters, get the ball back down 16 to 10 with two minutes left in the fourth quarter, take the ball down the field, a pass interference call here, a defensive holding call there, a few guys that are just miraculously wide open and a few incredible jump ball catches from Mike Evans and, and the works. And they'll score a touchdown to win 17 to 16 at home. And the Cowboys will freak out and everybody will say what happened. But the Bucs will beat the Cowboys. That'll line up for San Francisco against New York and the Eagles against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. San Francisco will play New York and that'll be a great matchup in my opinion. The only part where the Giants are going to struggle is that they don't have the offensive firepower to keep up with San Francisco if they don't score on two or three consecutive drives. McCaffrey, Kittle, Debo, Ayuk, Ayuk, excuse me. Ayuk? Yeah, Ayuk. I've heard people call him Ayuk. I don't, I don't think that's entirely true. Nevertheless, San Francisco and the Giants. I got San Francisco taking that matchup. Again, pretty comfortably by seven, maybe 10. Heck, maybe it's a little bit closer. I don't know. But I think San Francisco at home is not going to run into a lot of adversity in that 
game. Giants may get the ball and go down the field and score. But San Francisco 49ers defense is so well-rounded. It's so sharp. And then on offense, they just strike so quickly and give the ball to so many different options that they'll take down the Giants and find themselves in the NFC Championship. The Eagles will play the Bucks, And this game will be low scoring for the first quarter and a half or two quarters. It'll be 10 to 7 Philadelphia, 13 to 10 Philadelphia, even even 10-10 potentially. The Eagles will overmatch Tom Brady on defense because they have the best defense in the NFL. Brady will get sacked so many times. He'll make so many bad throws, be forced into a few picks, and the Eagles will end up taking the game probably something like 27 to 14. 27-17, and the Eagles will find themselves in the NFC Championship game against the 49ers. This game is a toss-up because the Eagles have probably a little bit of the slight edge on defense. I think the 49ers, to be honest, might have a slight edge on offense just with so many different weapons. That being said, this game considering that it may be a coin flip on paper with all the talent on both rosters, I think the deciding edge is the Eagles having home field advantage in this game. On the East Coast, in the cold, in the winter, Eagles are going to outlast and run a little bit more effectively with multiple backs, right? With Boston Scott and uh, Miles Sanders and Jalen Hurts, plus you got A.J. Brown, plus Dallas Goddard's back healthy. I think the Eagles outlast the 49ers in the AFC or I think the Eagles outlast the 49ers in the NFC Championship. I'm thinking that that score is going to be probably pretty low scoring, but also there'll be some pop plays, some bursts. So I'm going to go 26-21 Eagles over the 49ers in the NFC Championship that would lead to a Buffalo Bills Philadelphia Eagles Super Bowl matchup. This is going to be an incredible matchup, an incredible game. Philadelphia against Buffalo for all the marbles in the Super Bowl. I think the Bills have that small sliver of fire that the Eagles won't have. The Eagles won't have dealt with the DeMar Hamlin situation. The Eagles won't have dealt with, as an organization, the Super Bowl struggles that the Buffalo Bills have gone through. This is going to be a flash, pop play, high-intensity, exhilarating matchup. And the difference is going to be quarterback play in this game. I think Jalen Hurts is a great quarterback. I think he can execute with the best of them. He can run with the best of them. But it as a comparison between Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts is probably slightly, 
ever so slightly a better runner of the football, just that I feel like it comes a little bit more naturally to him. But Josh Allen's still an incredible runner of the football. As far as quarterback play and accuracy and arm talent, Josh Allen has a huge edge in this category. The Buffalo Bills take down the Philadelphia Eagles in the Super Bowl by a final score of 37 to 33. It's going to be a great game, lots of touchdowns, and the deciding factor is going to be an ill-advised tight window throw from Jalen Hurts that gets tipped and intercepted or a fumble by one of the running backs for Philadelphia and the Bills will win the Super Bowl in 2023. That's my final predictions. That's what I think it's going to be. And I hope it unfolds in that exact way. What I hope also happens is that there are some upsets and intriguing matchups. I think team fan bases that don't have rooting interests in this year's postseason are going to be pulling for the following. The Eagles, the Bills, and the Bengals. If one of those three teams wins the Super Bowl, I would be more than happy and more than okay with that. What I don't hope happens is that it's Kansas City against the Vikings in the Super Bowl or it's the Chargers and the Cowboys. I don't want these big market, flashy superstar. Like I, I don't want I don't want LA in another Super Bowl. I don't want Dallas in a Super Bowl. To an extent, I don't really want San Francisco in another Super Bowl. I want the ground and pound, hard nose, dedicated, cold weather, gritty teams, fan bases to find themselves with an opportunity to play for a world championship. And that would be Philly. That would be Seattle. But more so, that would be Philly, Cincinnati, and Buffalo. I hope that's what it is. And more than likely, it's not going to be. It's probably going to be San Francisco and Kansas City as some sort of rematch. That would be, I mean, like, whatever. It would kind of suck, but, you know, it is what it is. That will do it for this episode. Recording on a late night and immediate reaction to all the NFL games. Because we wanted to. I wanted to. And I hope you know, I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope you guys got a little bit more value out of it because I took some notes over the extent of Sunday, well, Saturday and Sunday, but mostly Sunday's games. And the takeaways are Cowboys are so fraudulent. The Bills are such an inspired football team right now. Tom Brady shouldn't even be in the playoffs. And the Eagles are well-rounded and rested and going to be ready to go. Otherwise, I hope you guys enjoyed. Episode 51. A lot of episodes, guys. It's a lot of episodes. I enjoyed it. I hope you guys enjoyed it. We're going to be putting up all these hot takes on YouTube. So if you haven't checked us out on YouTube yet, please do. Phenomenal fan. Just look it up. We're there. 
TikTok. We'll be putting up the highlights and predictions from the playoffs and the takeaways from this week. Obviously, if you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, greatly appreciate it. If you're catching the clips for the first time on other channels, also greatly appreciate it. Episode 51, man. And we will have another episode at some point this week. It's going to be shorter. It's going to be a quicker breakdown. But it's going to be about the national championship in college football tomorrow between TCU and Georgia. That's going to be a great game. We'll break down all of it afterwards. I'm really going to be pulling for TCU to at least keep it a close game and make it entertaining because I think they have just battled all year long. Not a huge Stetson Bennett fan, so we'll see what happens. But ultimately, guys, thank you for tuning in to the Phenomenal Fan Podcast, episode 51. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it, and we will catch you guys on episode 52 later this week. Peace out. Thanks for listening to the Phenomenal Fan Podcast. Want more? Follow us on social media and subscribe to Patreon for exclusive content.